Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 23 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips, or as the cool kids call it, uh, BFMD. My name's Clayton Croker, coming to you from Saskatoon. To my left, we got uh, Justin Anderson. Justin, buddy, scale of 1 to 10, how you doing? A strong 7.5 today. That's it? 7.5 on recording day? Yeah. Gotta, gotta pump those me, numbers up, me, bud. Brings me up to my usual 4.3. Those are rookie numbers, bud. <laughs> uh, joining us via Skype uh, from the Maritimes, we've got uh, the Alan Doyle fan club president, of course, Patrick Marsh. Scale of 1 to 10, bud. How's it going? Uh, well, a 4 now that you reminded me. I've actually been ousted from the Alan Doyle fan club. I'm no longer a part of it, not, not affiliated with it whatsoever. Um, 100% cold turkey quitting the Alan Doyle. Wow. Alan Doyle is the easiest thing to quit, so I'm not even going to wish you good luck. It's like, oh, I just don't like Alan Doyle anymore. Okay. Unlike every other Canadian outside of Newfoundland. Here we go. <laughs> um, today on the episode, we're talking some Blue Jay news. Not a lot of it. Uh, we'll be talking about Roy Halladay, some 40-man roster moves. The big thing today, though, uh, just like last week, we are given uh, grades for the 2018 season. This time, we are going on to the outfielders. Should be a fun talk if it was anything like last time. You two keep it civil this time. <laughs> or just chirp each other relentlessly. It was really, really funny last My time. My mom asked us if Patrick and I were still in speaking terms after she listened to it. I said, yeah, like two minutes after we were fine. <laughs> Mrs. Anderson, just come on. Don't come worry on, about mom. your son. Like, he's a grown man. He can handle himself. I can have like, my own arguments. I'm just going to bully you about that now. You oh, should thanks. not have told hey. us that your mom. Stop picking on <laughs> hey, Justin. She listens every week. we got to give a shout out Stop to my mom. Stop listening. <laughs> All right, shout, out, shout out to Mrs. Anderson. Yeah. Mrs. Anderson, I hope you're having a great week. I hope you have a great weekend. And uh, please, please write in more to BFMD. I want to hear all about your thoughts and feelings. Uh, really, if anything, if you want to take Justin's place uh, after last week, uh, I'm totally down for it. You're replacing me already. Uh, speaking of shout-outs, Idaho, Maryland, uh, North Dakota, Siam, uh, Iceland, the bad guys from Mighty Ducks 2, uh, Prince Edward Island, we're going to give them a shout-out today. Why not? PEI. Potatoes. Um, yeah, that's the shout out segments. Um, again, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we're all over it. BFMD Podcast, look it up. iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, TuneIn, Stitcher. Are we on Nextopia yet? No comment. Of course we're not on Nextopia. Uh, it's Nextopia, no T, first of all. <laughs> Get it right. We're so defensive. Wait, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. You're saying it's Nextopia? Nextopia? Yeah, there was no T. It's Nexopia. It's not yeah. Nextopia. You didn't have Nexopia? This sound You just said Nextopia. No, it's Nexopia. Nexopia. Do you even listen to us at all? <laughs> just say just say Next Nexopia. Yeah. Say it. Nexopia. There's no T in there. Can we get on to the baseball talk here? <laughs> I wanted to spend like we're, seven seconds on We're debating on a website that nobody ever uses since like, when, like 2006? I still maybe? use it. Nexopia and Yville. I'm all over it. Oh, yeah. When I'm not uh, tending to my Neopets, yeah, so I'm just gonna all say, over the Yville. You're probably still on Neopets <laughs> oh, yeah. and RuneScape, too. Stickdeath.com as well. Good times. It's <laughs> a weird website, by the way. Bonzi Buddy times. or whatever? Bonzi Buddy? Is that what? You remember that purple fucker? Never heard of him. Mrs. Bonzi Anderson buddy, is, is listening. Watch your language. Yeah, Patrick. My mom's listening. Now that I know your mom's listening, I'm never swearing again. I had no idea she listened, and I've been saying F-bombs nonstop. She always comes up. She's like, that Clayton, he says so many swear I can't swear at my real job, so I may as well swear at this <laughs> thing. She's going to impression of her, but it sounds like that old lady. That was who a just real like... bad impression of your mom. Yeah, it is. Go on, this is getting Before the head. podcast started, we were having some technical difficulties. Uh, some buttons weren't pushed on the uh, board here. 
and um, we got to fix it, but then we fixed them. And Patrick asked us, like, oh, is everything okay? Like, six times. And we said, yeah. He just tuned us out the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> the entire time, we're like, no, yeah, everything works. Okay, 20 seconds later. So how's everything over there? Everything working okay? Yeah, no, we already said, like, it's working. Yeah, okay, okay. This banter is delightful. We should do this more often. Okay, baseball talk. <laughs> Roy Halladay, he's on the 2019 Hall of Fame ballot. Justin, Justin is he a first ballot? Yeah, he's definitely a first ballot. I mean, him, Mario Rivera, Andy Pettit, and Todd Helton will be the four first-timers on the ballot. Um, Rivera's going to get in. But I think Doc, based on what he did in his career, um, I mean, obviously him passing away brings more, I guess, attention to him, un- unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, for bad reasons. But, I mean, even if Doc were still with us, uh, he's a first-ballot Hall of Famer. Like, anybody who tells you otherwise didn't watch baseball between the years of 2002 to 2015. Patrick, does Doc get in on the first ballot, or does he have to wait two or three times? Heck yeah, he's going in right away, and that's me. I'm actually, like, censoring myself. I'm not going to curse anymore for the rest <laughs> of the episode, and if I do, I have to pay you both 20 bucks each. I take PayPal, so, by the way. And yeah, that's with e-transfer uh, heck, fees as well. Heck yeah. yeah. Roy Halladay is going to be a first ballot, but he's not going to be the highest percentage on this ballot. Mm-hmm. Mariano Rivera is going to get as close to 100% as we have ever seen because it's completely justified. And it's about time that people started taking closers a little bit more seriously because I know it's like a niche skill set, but Mariano Rivera was absolutely dominant in the playoffs, save for like one or two appearances. And... I feel comfortable saying he's the greatest postseason pitcher of all time. Roy Halladay. No, Mariano Rivera. Okay, I was like... No, Rivera. Well, okay, I'm Mariano uh, Rivera, yeah. I would say Roy Halladay will probably somewhere be somewhere in the very low 90s to high 80s. Same with his fastball. <laughs> um, Andy Pettit is probably going to get in. I don't think Todd Helton gets in because I actually think it's time for our boy, Canada's own Larry, Larry Walker... Walker. To walk his way into the Hall of Fame this he year. He was all over Twitter. Like, Blue Jay Twitter, everyone was oh, tweeting yeah. about Larry Walker. Being like, I've been retweeting a bunch yeah. of Larry Walker things because I'm on the Larry Walker Hall of Fame uh, yeah. fan club for sure. And if you want to see those tweets at BFMD Podcast, check Ooh. it out. Um, one thing I'll bring up about Doc before we move on to Larry Walker. Um, Doc never won a World Series. No. Are pitchers kind of like quarterbacks in a sense that, like, you know what, if you don't win a Super Bowl, does that kind of taint your reputation? Does it make you not get into the Hall of Fame as a first ballot? Like, does that kind of play a factor? Because, yes, he threw a no-hitter in the playoffs, but he never won that World Series. Is that a big factor or no? I don't think so. I mean, Doc joins a a club of a lot of people who have played professional sports very well, like a Matt Sundin type, who is in the Hall of Fame and the Hockey Hall of Fame, Mm -hmm. but never won a cup in his career. Uh, Doc... Interesting stat. Still leads the major leagues in complete games since yeah. 2009. Crazy. And he hasn't pitched in, what, four years now? Mm-hmm. Um, which is a crazy stat. Like He was kind of the last of that breed of pitchers who's just a complete workhorse who expected and who people expected to go out and throw a complete game every time he went out kind of thing. And I just think with the kind of career that Doc had, pitching in the AL East for the, for the first half of his career – and winning a Cy Young and winning 20 games multiple times in that t- very tough division, um, it, it's it's just a it's no doubt in my mind that he gets in on the first try. Patrick, do you agree? Even though he didn't win a World Series, he still gets in first try. All right, I got some question for you, you guys, 
Matt Sundin, no Stanley Cup. He's in the Hall of Fame, right? Mm, yeah. It's pretty rude Dan to Marino. answer my question Dan... with the question, by the way. You totally Hold just... You totally Dan just... Marino. What is he, a shrink? You... Silence. Listen, Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. Hall of Fame? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's got records. Right. So what are we talking about? Yeah. He, of course he's getting into the Hall of Fame. It doesn't matter if he won a World Series or not. He won a Cy Young. He won two Cy Youngs. Uh, Dan Marino, nine-time Pro Bowler, um, Offensive Player of the Year, Walter Payton Man of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year. Um, like he's he's won it. He's done everything. MVP. He's done all of it. Never won a Super Bowl. I'm tired of hearing this stupid argument. <laughs> I was just it asking to, questions. I was, it, sorry. It just it, it needs to stop. It's not you. It's this is a problem in all of sports. It's not you. It doesn't matter if a guy wins the big trophy or not. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, if they have the individual hardware, they deserve to get in. Matt Sundin has team hardware in the form of gold medals, uh, and I believe he also has individual hardware as well. So, what are what are we talking about? It's yeah. a millennial answer right there. You guys, winning doesn't matter as long as everyone has fun out there. We're all handing out as yellow. As long as everyone has what is fun. It? Is it a white participation? Everyone event? gets into the Hall of Fame, everybody. <laughs> Everyone's going in because we all tried our best. No, I get I agree. Yeah. I think that yeah, uh, especially sure. in football, the championship thing gets a little uh, gets taken a little out of context. I was just wondering if that translates into baseball because I've never heard that before. In baseball, it's not like, well, he never won the big one. doesn't seem to matter in baseball because I think baseball is such a stats game yeah. and football is such a team game. Not saying that baseball isn't a team game, but football, when it comes down to it, you know, it's more about the championships and stuff like that. When you look mm-hmm. at great baseball players, uh, you look at their stats first as opposed to championships. Yeah. With great football players, I think you look at their legacy with championships as opposed to that. Uh, Larry Walker. I don't think he gets in this time. Come on, bud. I think that there are too many other players on the list that are ahead of him. He's got to be. That's the only reason. He is a Hall of Famer in my mind, but I just don't think he gets in because there are too many other players. Yeah, I don't know. I think this is this is the year for Larry. Uh, it's out there. It's out there in the Twitter sphere, and it's just – it's. I don't know. There's something in the air like as far as what people are talking about, and I see Larry Walker getting put over – Todd Helton, not just because statistically he was superior because he had the better OPS, but um, just, I don't know, just it seems to me like his his individual contributions are greater than the most of the other hitters that are floating around right now. He was a great hitter. Like his contact and just the just the sound yeah. of his bat when he made contact, I love that. And I love how baseball almost takes that into consideration. Mm-hmm, Again, mm-hmm. we mention it every week, it seems, the whole uh, the whole money ball thing. Oh, he's got the look, you know, looks like a ball player. That's the kind of thing with baseball, yeah. you know, you gotta look like a ball player. And I think Larry Walker, like the definition of a ball player, I just don't think that with Rivera and with Doc and with all these players coming onto the ballot now, I think he might just keep slipping. Yeah, the the tough thing for Larry, he's only got a couple years left mm-hmm. of eligibility. I mean, he got thirty four point one percent of the vote this year, and he needs to get up to seventy five. This year, he increased his vote percentage by twelve point two. It's gone up exponentially. It's double. His his percentages increase of every year have jumped by yeah. two times every the last couple of seasons. So I mean, he's got a long way to go. He still has forty more percent of the vote. But I mean, we we elected some some pretty big names this year with Vlad going in. Um, and I mean, there's, there's, there's guys that are off that ballot now. Another guy like Barry Bonds, do you think he gets in anytime soon or is it going to be a couple more years? Like... That was my next question for Patrick. Do we think Bonds gets in? Is he ever going to get in? Um, 
I think we talked about this before. Wait until he's dead. Like, wait until these players who cheated are long dead and there's no way for them to be able to experience uh, getting into the Hall of Fame and then induct them. It's the easiest way to take uh, to get rid of the, the whole problem of, like, yeah, Barry Bonds eventually has to go into the Hall of Fame. So do a lot of these other cheaters. But if we just rob them of the opportunity to see themselves get enshrined into the Hall of Fame, I think it just further makes a point don't cheat because you'll get your comeuppance kind of thing yeah we talked about um, that with pete rose too if i remember correctly about lifting his ban um and i don't think that that's gonna happen anytime soon so we'll see what happens there but i mean I, i'm with you i i like your your point of don't let them in until they're until they're dead and gone Pete Rose didn't thing. juice though. He was just no. betting on games. Like, I mean, it's 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 he's still got he's banned from baseball. Like, Barry Bonds wasn't banned from baseball. No. Mark Alex McGuire Ra- is the Alex hitting Rodriguez coach. Alex yeah. wasn't banned from baseball. He was kicked out for a year and then he came back and sucked. Mm-hmm. But he still wasn't banned from baseball. He came back. Yeah. Barry Bonds isn't coming back to play again. He's not going to do what Rafael Palmeiro is doing. Never say not, never, man. He's, <laughs> never say never. Um, <laughs> All right, Bieber. I got a better question for both of you guys because I want to hear your opinion. When Larry Walker goes into the Hall of Fame, does he go in as an Expo or does he go in as a Rocky? Does it matter? And is the fact that he's Canadian have an impact, or does the fact that he's Canadian have an impact on his decision? How finally does he remember Montreal? What do you guys think? No, he's going in as a Rocky. Rocky, for no sure. doubt about it. I mean, when I think of Larry Walker. I think of him as a Colorado Rocky. Yeah. I mean, sure, you remember kind of his early Expo days and the team that could have been, you know. Mm-hmm. But Larry Walker, I mean, probably the best Colorado Rocky of all time. There are a couple good ones. He's Helton's up there, up there too. Yeah. You got maybe even put Tulo in there because he was dominant. But, I mean, Larry Walker was the guy in Colorado during a time where Colorado had no one, really. Like, what do you think of Colorado baseball? Do a lot of guys come to mind? Not like before, like like Nolan Arenado's great yeah. now, but I mean, and Charlie Blackman, they have some guys now that yeah, are great. Yeah, but I'm talking like historically. But historically, I can't really name, I probably couldn't name you five Colorado Rockies who are historically significant Yeah, 10 plus years ago. Let's move on to, well, uh, okay. No. Hold on, hold on. One more thing. Uh, this is my hot take for this. I predict that Walker gets in this year. It's his time, but I'm going to say he goes in without a logo on the cap. I'm calling it. Has anyone else done that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Greg Maddox went in without, uh, without a symbol. He couldn't decide between Chicago and Atlanta, so he just said, YOLO, I'm going to go in without a, a logo. I could never do that. Be, Blank cap, I don't know. It'd be kind of weird, but I mean, at the same time, you got to respect a guy like that who pitched decent amounts of time with two franchises, right? What, uh, if... what would Roger Clemens choose? If he got in. He, well, he's not getting in because of the whole juice and thing. I know. No, that's but, a thing. But theoretically, like if Roger Clemens, he split a lot of time between the Yankees, the Red Sox. Oh, he's he... wearing a Jays hat for sure. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> he's obviously wearing the old T with the uh, Blue Jay creepily hugging the T, giving a, the T a reach around or something. Those are worst logo. logo. Oh, my God. I have that hat. It's like a mesh hat. Yeah, I it's know. My, uh, I, I have one at home Yeah, it's not too. bad, but it's not great. Uh, let's get to the 40-man <laughs> roster, shall we? Yeah. Um, we added five guys. Are any of these guys going to make a difference with the Jays coming up this season? Like, I'm looking at the list here. So, Trent Thornton was the guy we just got from Ale- for Lebes Diaz. Mm-hmm. 
he has the best curveball in the Pacific Coast League in terms of spin rate. That's something that the Houston Astros have built their pitching staff on. Uh, he just pitched in the Arizona Fall League as well. He actually got, I believe it was, I believe he got uh, Kevin Biggio to, to ground out in the All-Star game. Um, and his curveball looks really good. Uh, Yancy, or Jensi Diaz, it's pronounced. Uh, he could be a bullpen guy. Same with uh, Hector Perez. Uh, he could be as well. Patrick Murphy is a guy who is probably the the best player on this list in terms of future potential. He just won the Florida State League Pitcher of the Year with high A Dunedin. And lots of teams think that the Jays are, quote-unquote, hiding him down there right now because he could be pitching at a higher level than he is. Mm. Uh, he's probably a double-A starter already and maybe like a major league reliever at that. So that's why he's on the 49 roster because somebody could snag him and throw him in the bullpen for a full season because you have to keep a guy on your on your on your yeah. twenty five man roster once you yeah. once you draft him in Rule Five uh, for the full season. AK, what we did with Joe Biagini a couple years ago when we grabbed him from the Giants, and then I mean Jacob Wegus pack we got from from Philly for Aaron Loop, and he saw some time in AAA. He's him and Thornton are really considered to be like six, seven, eight depth starters for us this season, along mm-hmm. with Viglio, those kind of guys, um, who could push for that fifth spot in spring training with a really good spring. Uh, Murphy's probably still another year away. If he has a great start in double, he'll be in double A this coming season to start. But if he has a great start there, he could move up to triple A by the end of the year and do maybe something like a Sean Reed Foley did last year where he, where he makes some appearances at the end of the year yeah. if he pitches well. And then also on the 40-man, uh, Julian Merriweather, who we got from that Donaldson trade. Um, yeah. Patrick, do you think anyone on this list is going to be an impact player uh for the jays coming up this season or is it just kind of yeah they're on our 40 man whatever uh well i mean perez is one of our top prospects isn't he he's isn't he yeah he's on he's on top 30 list i don't know if patrick murphy is or not and if he is i do think there is kind of like i think the secret's out now that he might actually be better than what we've been touting mm-hmm. so I, I get that, and it just kind of sucked to see that uh, Forrest Wall wasn't on the 40-man, so he's he won't be protected. I don't know if anyone's going to grab him or not, but he was kind of an intriguing prospect. Didn't we pick him up in a trade, not this year, but last year? No, it was it was this year. He was in the Sangwano trade from Colorado. Uh, Perez yeah. was in the Osuna trade. He's our 11th-ranked prospect. Right yeah. now, according to MLB Pipeline. So he's the highest-ranked prospect um, from that list. Trent Thornton's already slotted in our number 22. Uh, Forrest Wall is at 25, but he has never played above double A. So I would be quite shocked if somebody did snag him because they'd have to keep him on their big league roster. One of the guys that we didn't protect was Jordan Romano, who is a Canadian pitcher, who had a really nice year in double A. He's a 28th-ranked prospect. But again, hasn't pitched above double A. Somebody would have to stick him in a bullpen for a full season and potentially endure a struggle if he doesn't perform well. So the guys it, that we... It's risky. Yeah, the guys that we didn't protect, while maybe one of them gets snagged, I would be shocked if more than one of our unprotected guys got picked because none of them are really major league ready that we left unprotected. I mean, Jonathan Davis might get taken off the 40-man roster at some point. We saw him briefly at the end of the season with the Jays. Um, he's a guy who's 26, who's kind of reached the end of his prospect shelf life, so to speak. Uh, but if, if he doesn't get snagged, he's lucky. We'll be gladly have him back in, in the minors and 
he could be an injury call up this coming season. But he's another guy who could be put on that uh, unprotected list. So there's still some time uh, to decide. But I mean, it seems like the Jays are pretty content with what they have right now on that roster. What what happened with Max Pentecost? Because he we he was drafted very high uh, in MLB drafts and. He now had some he's injuries. Yeah, he had some injuries. He's no longer on our our top thirty prospects. He had a great bounce back season in in Double A this year, but he really just had some injuries that slowed him down. Unfortunately, he's probably still the next prospect in the in the minor leagues behind uh, Reese McGuire in terms of catchers. If you still consider Danny Jansen a minor league catcher, it'd be Jansen McGuire, and then whoever's at Double A with Pentecost in the next slots. So, I mean, he's still there, but he's got to show something here in 2019 that says that he still has a future. I mean, he had a great playoff run at the Fisher cats. So hopefully, uh, hopefully Max can continue a strong play as we head into 2019. I find it really shitty. Sorry, Mrs. Anderson, (laughs) that um, the guy we traded for Josh Donaldson, Julian Merriweather, no one's talking about him. Well, I mean, he, he's been, he had Tommy Johns. He hasn't pitched in a year. And I'm not throwing anything against really Julian Merriweather. Again, that's the either. thing. The one guy that we got for Josh Donaldson, who I thought we should get at least a good prospect in return, it's like, well, no. I, I think that's kind of shitty where it's like, man, we traded Josh Donaldson for this guy. I know yeah. Donaldson was damaged goods, but it's still Josh Donaldson. He still had that name value to him, you know? And it's like, no, we don't even talk about him. I kind of think that's a bad sign for that trade. How it's just like no one's even like, oh, his upside after injury. Oh, it's gonna be awesome. Everyone's just like, yeah, I don't like that. I don't yeah. like that at all. I don't think that return <laughs> for that trade is gonna pay well, off at all. It was better than the nothing that we would have got if he just walked away in the offseason. Yeah, right? but it was they were salvaging I, we residual just, trade value. We should have traded him the at the Jays beginning say. of the. We should have traded him at the beginning of the year the instead off-season. of the end of the year. Yeah. But whatever. Um, Didn't learn. Anyone else on the uh, list there, Patrick? That uh, should have been on the forty-man roster or no? No, I think we're good. I think the Pentecost was just the th- the thing that kind of strikes me, but uh, Justin kind of explained it pretty well. We yeah. can we can move on to talking about something I absolutely hate talking about, which is when one of our players gets caught cheating and then gets banned. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Okay, so <laughs> I mean, all right, Eddie Guerrero. That's good enough. for good for Griffin Conine. You know, just trying to make the boys better. You know, like taking drugs for the boys. That's just, the hey. Just riddling. It's a team player right there. You know, team player. No, it's we're joking, obviously. Uh, Fifty game suspension for Griffin Conine. Um, the thing is, yeah, it, he he does it for his ADHD. It's not like if he takes this, he's gonna if hit the ball fifty yards farther. We don't know if he has. ADHD. Like, I was looking at this this article, which is why I have in here that I'm going to look into this a bit more because so there's so Chris Davis had got suspended for using uh, a drug to treat uh, a disorder as well. And then now he uses Adderall uh, or he, or Ritalin, something like that. The MLB allowed him to do this, and there's there's about 10 percent of MLB players who are allowed to use a drug for ADHD, whereas the general population only has a four to six percent rate of ADHD. So either MLB players have a higher chance at having ADHD or something fishy is going on. Yeah. So I'm kind of, I want to look into that because you, you can't tell me that a bunch of dudes in their peak performance 
10% of them, 4% more than the high end of the population, general population have ADHD, like 10%, that's pretty high. Let's call W5, get to the bottom of this. 60 minutes. Investigative journalism time. (laughs) Uh, Patrick, do you have a problem with this? Even though, again, it's not steroids, but it's still another illegal drug? It it does bother me. Um, I was able to move on from... The Thomas Pannone incident. So I, I feel like I probably will. The kid uh, answered it with complete class. Didn't kick up a stink. Uh, just, just kind of, like he said, accepted the consequences and will do everything he can to earn back the respect of the Jays. I think something like this, where I, mean, I don't know if it was 100% confirmed that it was Ritalin or not, but Ritalinic acid, yeah, that's what they, that's what the, what the test said. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know very much about that exactly, yeah. and I'm glad that one of us is doctor. going to investigate a little <laughs> bit further. Um, 50 games is hefty, especially for someone who is a young prospect. But hey, Thomas Pannone bounced back in a big way this year, and he may very well have earned himself a uh, starting rotation job next year. So. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just hopefully it, he turns it around. I'm just glad it wasn't like HGH or something. That's the thing. Like when I hear this, it's like, yeah. okay, you know what? He took me. Maybe... It wasn't steroids. Yeah, it was just it was a it wasn't a performance enhancing drug. It was just something that's banned under yeah. the ML, under the MILB's minor league drug prevention. Program, He's not so. Ken Seiko Jr. He's just taking something to focus more or something like that. So maybe he had trouble focusing, and I don't know. Who knows? Um, I think that's all for the Blue Jay talk. Yeah. We didn't really touch on the Aledmus Diaz trade too much, but there's not really much to that's say. That's a thing. It, it's yeah. kind of it's a little bit surprising that we traded Diaz based on the year that he had, but I guess this must mean the team thinks that Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is ready for a starting job, and they're happy to keep Devin Travis around for a while and hope that Brandon Drury is healthy or that Troy Tulowitzki's ghost returns from beyond the grave to somehow take the field in 2019. It's, it's a weird situation. We talked a bit about it last week. Hey? Good segue into what we're doing right now. Um, it's grading time. We're going to be grading <laughs> the outfielders for the uh, Jays, just it. like we did the infielders. Um, we'll grade their defense. We'll grade their offense, give them an overall grade, and then we'll bicker back and forth with each other on <laughs> how we're idiots. Um, we're going to start out with uh, Steve Pierce. Patrick, you're uh, batting leadoff on this one. You know what, Steve Pierce, uh, in his time with us, uh, wasn't as bad as what we remember him. Uh, This year, he, in the 26 games he played for us, he still managed 291 average, OBP of 349. Those are great numbers. Uh, Only four home runs, 16 RBIs. You kind of hope for a little bit more out of a player that's supposed to have power. Um... But, I mean, he had one of the lower K rates on the team, if I recall correctly. Um, You know, congratulations to him for winning the World Series MVP. Um, He, you know, definitely deserved it uh, out of all the players that were playing in that series uh, because he stepped up when he needed to. Um, he got a pay a big pay raise, isn't he? Getting paid six point five million dollars a year now, or something like that. I think, yeah. Something like that. Anyway, um, defensively, he was whatever. He was. He didn't make a mistake, uh, at least on paper. Um, based on his performance, I, I don't know if he had 100 plate appearances or not, so I, I don't know 86. if I can give him an incomplete, but I'm going to give him offense, B+, defense, B, overall, B. 
World Series MVP Steve Pierce is getting an incomplete for me. Only 86 plate appearances, but I will say that it was nice to see uh, at least one former Jay have a, a fun postseason. And I mean, obviously, he had a great World Series win that MVP. And congrats to Steve on getting a pay raise from Boston. Hopefully he doesn't beat up on us too much this season when we run into them. Disagree with both you guys. Steve Pierce can go kick rocks. Um, (laughs) I hate when guys who aren't like an original part of the squad, we didn't draft, um, we didn't, you know, groom them in the minors. Uh, One of those guys we just kind of get for a year and then trade them away the next year. And then they go to the place and they kill it. And I hate seeing that. As a Flames fan, Jay Bowmeister, oh, yeah, when we got Jay Bowmeister, I was like, oh, sweet, here we go. Jay Bowmeister <laughs> was the worst Calgary Flame. He was awful. Goes to the Blues, he's like the best defenseman in the league. I can't stand it when athletes do that. I mean, I, different change of scenery works. I get that. Everyone's different. It's just for me personally, huge pet peeve. So I, Steve I, Pierce. I forgot Jay Bowmeister was ever a thing. Ugh, Steve Pierce F's across the board, man. I, uh, he could have been so good with the Jays. So and bitter. I am bitter, and I'm just doing this for the entertainment factor. You guys are really digging deep in these things. I'm just gonna. Hey, I was, I've congratulated the guy. I'm gonna grade uh, with my heart. I'm gonna grade with oh, my heart. Uh, Dwight do. Smith Jr. Yeah. Uh, is this guy an incomplete, Patrick, or are you giving him a grade? Um, Seventy-five. Yeah, I'll give him a grade. I see. I don't. I don't care about like the plate appearance Apple thing size. necessarily. I'm just gonna grade based on like. What we saw, uh, his offense was, I don't know, B minus, I guess. Um, his K rate, you know, wasn't as high as some of the other uh, outfielders. Uh, from what we saw, uh, he has a bit of speed to him. I'm kind of concerned, though, because he's 26. And like we just said with, uh, what's his name earlier, uh, that's kind of the end of the prospect shelf life. So I don't know if he has a future in Toronto or not, uh, or if he's just going to be like a career AAA guy. I don't know. Um, offense, B minus. Defense, B, B grade. B minus overall is probably the best he could ask for. Cool. Uh, yeah, obviously incomplete for me. 75 PAs, but I will give him some props. When we saw Dwight Smith come up, Early in the season, he was really tearing the cover off the ball. Um, but like a great major league player, he regressed to the mean. <laughs> his 262 <laughs> average in the big leagues mirrored his 268 in AAA. Uh, his BABIP was similar. His power numbers were still higher in in the big leagues. Uh, that's coupled off him hitting uh, eight doubles and two home runs in the se- out of the 17 hits that he had. Uh, he had more extra base hits than he did singles in the big leagues, which is I guess awesome for him. Defense, he played mediocre, average, whatever you want to say. But I mean, he was he had some impact plays in his uh, thirty-five games. Uh, so I mean, give him props for being an admirable fill-in, but no grades for me. Yeah, he might get an incomplete for me. I love the way this guy fields. He's got he's, he's got he's young. He's got he's fast. He's got a good arm, but. Just haven't seen enough of him. He's just kind of generic and yeah. kind of just blends in. It kind of it's kind of tough to grade guys who just blend in, mm-hmm. uh, especially when it comes to offense. But uh, his defense pretty solid. But yeah, an incomplete for me. Wow, we're coming out of the gates hot with these outfield grades here. Oh boy, it's gonna get better as we go. Uh, on. Billy McKinney, uh, thirty-six games played, uh, six home runs, thirteen RBI. He's hit a two fifty-two average this year. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, on base of three twenty. Justin. <laughs> you dying over there? No, I just got a, a little frog in your throat. Little froggy there, that's fine. So I mean, McKinney was obviously uh, one of the guys we got for J Hap from New York. 
he came over and I mean, yeah, he he did some decent things. He finished with a zero point zero wins above replacement based on, on fan graphs. So he was an average major league player. I mean, what else can you say? I mean, the guy hit some home runs. He he hit uh, six dingers for us, which is awesome to see. Uh, struck out a quarter of the time, which is a bit alarming, but it's right on par with his career norms in both the minor and major leagues over the last couple of seasons. Uh, walk rate is actually been was actually a bit lower than his minor league career, but he did things pretty average for Billy McKinney, and I mean he's got a chance to earn probably the fourth outfield slot if our outfield remains the same with Teoscar, Kevin, and Randall Grichuk out there. So I mean we'll we'll see what happens in, with this off season, but him and Dwight Smith Jr. are probably going to battle for those fourth and fifth outfield spots on the roster at this point. So, so great. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can actually grade him. He had a decent amount of plate appearances. I'll give him uh, a B on offense, a C on defense for an overall grade of, let's say, a C plus. Patrick, what are your grades for uh, Billy? Uh, well, before that, I want to ask a question. Sure. Do we think that Billy McKinney's 13 uh, out of his 29 hits being for extra bases is sustainable? Do no, we think that no. this guy is a legitimate power hitter, someone who's going to be able to hit uh, six home runs uh, every t- every twenty nine times he goes up to bat? Like, mm. is that really like? Is he capable of hitting like thirty six home runs or whatever? I if think we extrapolate Mike that over a whole season. Probably a twenty one home run hitter or something like that. Steamer has his twenty nine projections up on Fangraphs to get 97 games, 420 at-bats, and 15 home runs, and a batting average of about 240. That's probably pretty close what we can expect from McKinney. I'd say somewhere between 15 and 20 home runs. Yep. And any time a guy, like, if he can, if he plays in 97 games, good for him. That's that's backup, backup outfielder um, and then some. So, I mean, I don't think he can hit 36 home runs. So, I think what he did was a little bit unsustainable for sure. But in terms of the home runs, but I think he can hit doubles. He's got, he's kind of like a, you know, he, he strikes me as a bit of a Kevin Pillar kind of guy where he has double power, but not a ton of swing for the fence power. Um, and as long as he can stay patient, I mean, and have a good approach at the plate, he can probably hit more doubles than he will anything else. Patrick, what are your guys yeah. for Billy then? Um, for Bill, uh, for his offense, Billy McKinney, I, I the, the 25% K rate is really concerning to me. So mm-hmm. I can't go any higher than B minus. Um, his defense C minus, um, and we can give him just a grade of C. I don't think he is anything special and I don't think that he will see significant time next year. I think that, um, the three main guys that we do have are probably going to be the ones to kind of dominate the starts. That's someone's son, Patrick. How (laughs) dare you say they're not special (laughs) to someone he is. Okay. How dare you? Um, Kevin Pillar, up next. Oh, here we go. I'll let you guys go first. Go ahead, Patrick. Oh, my God. Where do we start? Look, I tried really, really hard uh, to come up with something nice to say. And I do have one nice thing to say about Kevin Pillar, but I'm going to save it to the absolute end. Um, On paper, if you look at his batting stats, they might kind of look good, but there are a couple of very telling stats his obp is very bad it is 282 
It's indicative of bad vision at the plate or lack of ability to walk. His walk rate is 3.3%, which is extremely bad for an MLB player. Um, I understand that he's supposed to be a contact hitter, but if he's a contact hitter, why is his batting average only 252? And that's below his career average. It doesn't make sense. Uh, his WRC plus is 89, which means he's actually less valuable than in a replacement level player, meaning he is less valuable than Billy McKinney, who we just talked about. And I did not give very flattering grades to, uh, Pilar does not really have a lot of power. He can hit for doubles. Like Justin said, but he wastes a lot of opportunities trying to crush the ball. Yes, he got 15 home runs. Yes, he had 59 RBIs. Yes, he had 40 doubles. You can mine those stats, but the truth is this guy does not have good plate vision. This is his worst year. It's just I don't think that he is a very good outfielder anymore. Uh, Justin has said before he has lost a step or two, and I just – He's a below-average uh, outfielder now. That's not good. He is not going to be the outfielder of the present or future for much longer for the Jays. And I know that I said that I would say something really nice about him. So here you go. Kevin Pillar is really handsome, and he has a great beard. And today also happens to be the 300th anniversary of Blackbeard dying, uh, wow. being executed. So... Uh, there's your history fact for the day. <laughs> Kevin Pillar is handsome, has a great beard, uh, but as far as abilities on the field, he is done. So grades? C minus, C minus, C minus. Okay, well, well, he's not quite as bad as Yang Harvest Salarte is at hitting. Uh balls in the infield uh 18% of Kevin Pillar's hits were infield fly balls Oof. this year um he did to his credit increase his line drive percentage this year he decreased his ground ball percentage and his fly ball percentage was up balls in the air are good things in today's MLB he hit more fly balls than ground balls this year so that's a positive sign if you're trying to get hits unfortunately for Kevin um his batting stats have gone downward the last three seasons now his peak average was 278 in 2015, and every year since then he's gone down, and he's at 252 now. His on-base percentage has also fallen over 30 points in the last three seasons, and even his weighted on-base percentage, it, while it stayed around 300, it's definitely not where it could be. Uh, that WRC plus, like Patrick said, at 89 is kind of indicative of the type of offensive player Kevin Pillar is. He's below average. While he still is an above-average defender, He's not nearly as remarkable as he was in 2016 and 2015 when he was a very above-average defender. He's going to be 30 years old here soon. We've talked about that a lot, how defensive stats and performance really start to drop, for outfielders especially when they get older. It's just you, you're not as fast. It's just human evolution where we still haven't figured out how to crack the code of unlimited youth, unfortunately. <clears throat> and even for Kevin Pillar, he's a guy who's going to not slow down. 15 home runs, nice. Good for him. He did hit 40 doubles, which is awesome. I mean, he's hit lots of doubles in his MLB career. But as Patrick said, the walk-to-strikeout ratio is way uh, too skewed in favor of the strikeouts. I'm giving Kevin... I'll give him a C-plus on offense, a C-minus on defense for an overall grade of a C. I will say that 
he did steal 14 bases in 17 tries this year. Um, we only talked about really one attempt was when he got thrown out in, at Yankee Stadium when Gibby tore into him uh, that one game. But that's really the only stolen base people talk about. He's not a bad base stealer, so I'll give him that. He picks his spots well. But I think the time for Kevin Pillar in Toronto is coming to a, uh, a halt here. Clayton? I can get behind the batting stats. Yeah. I mean, yeah, his bat... We can say it isn't what it used to be, but mm-hmm. Kevin Pillar's bat has never been that good. I mean, no. last year he hit 256. This year he hit 252. He was expected to be a defender. That's first. the thing. What do you expect out of Kevin Pillar? He he bats seventh and eighth for a reason. Sometimes he'll bat the old leadoff once in a while to switch things up. But, uh, I mean, Kevin Pillar is not on our team to hit dingers and be a big bat in our lineup. I mean, sure, it's nice when he does that and has good games, but it's not like he's batting 220. He's betting 252. Yeah. It's not horrible. Again, it's not great, but, I mean, 252 is right in that kind of, okay, you're just barely getting by. I'm not trying to defend Kevin Pillar's awful bat. I realize he had a bad year at the plate. Whatever. Guys, he's, he's not a C-minus fielder. So, C-minus fielder, you're saying that he's in, like, the bottom, like, there, there are, like, 15 other center fielders better than Kevin Pillar when it comes to defense. Not hitting, defense. Mm-hmm. I think there are. Yeah. <laughs> did he like drop a lot of balls this year? Did he miss a lot of throws this year? Was I missing something here? Or? Let me let me get the. Range, did he have so. a huge drop about, off compared to last year? Justin, talk about his own starting and and his his jump step. That's that's the big thing. Is Kevin Pillar has lost a lot of his speed. Uh, a couple of years ago, we were talking about how we felt like he might have got screwed over for the Gold Glove over he Kevin did. Kiermaier, and the thing is. Kevin Kiermeyer is like 10 times the center fielder that Kevin Pillar is at this point, and it's only been, yeah. what, two years? Mm-hmm. He just doesn't have the speed anymore. He can't get to the ball the same way, and he has to make these crazy Superman plays just to get to the ball. That's a bad sign. That is indicative of a player who has lost a step. So Kevin Pillar, in terms of the Sabre defensive index, is the 13th best center fielder in baseball. Okay. So he's middle of the pack in terms of the starting center fielder on all teams, which is a C grade. Really, that's average, right? I know, but it's again, guys... To, I know it's tough for you. No, it's not. I played <laughs> baseball, guys. I played midget yeah, AAA I baseball. I played for Team Saskatchewan. I know what those yeah. plays do for a team. Yeah. I, I know how hard they are to make. You know how hard it is to run at a 45-degree angle and make that catch that he does? I'm not We're just not sitting difficult. here, well, he doesn't make as many as he used to. Still fucking makes them. <laughs> like, still makes those awesome catches. Sure, he doesn't make them as much as he used to because he's been in the big leagues for six years. Of course he's going to lose a step. But, guys, those are huge momentum-changing plays. I know when we look at numbers, and I know when we look at all these little intricacy numbers with baseball, and we, there are so many. I know Justin loves them. You live by the numbers. Yeah. But, guys, there is another aspect of the game, and it's the momentum. And when Kevin Pillar makes those catches, the whole crowd gets behind him. The whole crowd, you just kind of feel that energy at Rogers Center, you know? It kind of changes the game. How many and of those plays happen in a season, though? I don't know. Like, he had, like, 10. That's pretty big, man. Those are 10 games of change. That's a 10-game swing because technically those plays can sway a game. Did they this year? No. It depends. It depends on what But when he happened, was making yeah. them in 2006, 2000, or 2016, 2015, you can argue, like, man, some of those times when he'd make that catch, then it seemed like the boys would get fired up. Better That's teams the angle I'm looking there at. too, though, right? It's, um, it's, it's circumstance. I agree. Yeah. I agree that, it, yeah, sure, it does fire you up. I mean, your goalie makes a glove save yeah. in hockey, it fires you up. He's You're... not bringing a lot to the table when it comes to stats. I agree. And, yes, he's lost a step. And, yes, he's not the center fielder he used to be. But he's not as trash as you guys are saying, you, a C-minus player. Do you think he's with the Toronto Blue Jays in 2019? Yeah. And then after that, he's done. One more year? One more year. Once he becomes free agent. One more eligible. year. He's not 
like it's not like we put him out there and people are like, oh crap, Kevin Pillar's out there, we're screwed. You know, it's like okay, yeah, it's Kevin Pillar. You know, whatever. The vast majority of Blue Jay fans definitely like to see Kevin Pillar out there. He, he's been around for a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he's one of the guys who was on the team when we had success. So I mean, he earns some props for being around then. But in terms of statistical contributions, yeah, it's he's been below average, but he hasn't been as bad as. Some other guys that we've started in his place. Everyone's been below in, average on our team, though. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, especially the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. Things are looking up, obviously, with some young prospects coming. But yeah, on, on a bad team, an average player looks worse than they already That's are. That's true. And I, I just don't understand. Like, again, bat, I'll give him a C. Again, his bat wasn't great. But mm-hmm. I can't give Kevin Pillar anything under a B when it comes to his defense because he makes those awesome catches. You can't, like a good like uh, a not a good fielder can't make those catches. Like a bad a bad defensive center fielder can't make those catches. Broken clocks right twice a day. Uh, that's all I have. It's, that's fine. I'm not gonna again. I I agree with you guys. His stats aren't good, and he's not. He's getting worse. Yeah. And he is a liability when it comes to his bat. I totally agree. His shelf life is nearing the end of yeah. its usefulness. Right? But you guys don't appreciate what he does in the outfield. I don't guys. appreciate center it at all. fielder is such a hard position to play. So hard. And the fact that he's yeah, done it at this that, high yeah. of a level for this long, good on him. I mean, I don't know. It wasn't like he was out there, like, just dropping everything and booting everything and overthrowing everyone. He held his own out there. But I digress. Um, <laughs> next player up here, again, yeah, so I give him a C for batting, uh, B for defense. I'll give him a B plus because he's my boy and I grade with my heart. Oh. Uh, Gritch Daddy, <laughs> he's up next. Randall Gritchick. Uh, again, I think Man. we should uh, factor in his horrible start here. We do have to. Yeah, so um, – Keeping into uh, consideration his horrible start, Patrick, uh, you get into Gritch Daddy here. All right, so this is tough because we can't just pretend like April and May never existed or they didn't happen. They did happen, and he was absolutely horrible. But as bad as he was in April and May, once he came back from his injury, he was far and away our best outfielder overall for the season. And during that time period, I can't believe that Gritch Daddy was able to get a WRC plus of 115 at the end of the year, considering how god-awful he was at the plate um, during the first two months of the year. As a fielder, he is well above average. Um, I'll let Justin use his computer brain to talk about the advanced stats on his abilities. But at the plate... He was definitely the player I was most excited to see play. Uh, He needs to learn more patience because his walk rate is not good. He needs to get that up, and he needs to stop swinging recklessly at stuff out of the zone. I know it's easy for me to say that because I sit at home and I watch, and I don't really understand the difference of like what a slider looks like coming into the play, blah, 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 blah. I get it. I'm not an athlete, but... I watched the game, and I know that Randall Grichuk is going to be a very important piece for the Jays now and in the future. And the fact that he was able to hit 25 jacks uh, after a dreadful start offensively, I'm actually going to give him like an A because I was super impressed with him. Uh, defensively, I'll give him an A minus, and I'll give him an overall grade of an A, and that'll probably be the highest grade that I give out to an outfielder. Welcome to your new home for the next several years, Gritch Daddy. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if we if we didn't talk about 
the bad start and if Renard Gritrick was just acquired or something when he came back in June and played the rest of the season like we'd be completely raving about this guy right now his his best position this year for us was right field um traditionally he's played a lot of left field with the Cardinals along with some time in center and right he's he's he, he kind of played all over but statistically speaking his best spot this year was in right field and that's where he got about 80 percent of his playing time he did play some center field when Pilar was out with that uh, collarbone injury um I mean Gritchuk is an above average defender he was one of he was a top 10 defensive right fielder this season over the course of the entire year uh obviously the bat was something that really turned on when he came back from his stint on the DL he fixed some things with his stance he had talked about how at the start of the year he was sitting way too low I think he was trying to do a squat um and his his he was like a 90 degree angle for some reason with his knees and i mean i don't know how, how if you've ever tried hitting a baseball sitting down but it's pretty hard <laughs> 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 trying to do trying to swing anything sitting down it's pretty hard it's hard to put nintendo wii sitting down and, and that's just what us lazy folk do uh i'm just dating myself with the wii my wii is 10 years old now happy birthday wii uh <laughs> but uh <laughs> i'm gonna give gritch a b plus on offense he does strike out a ton still he did strike out less as the season went on, which was nice to see. The walk rate was right in line with his average over his career. So, I mean, I can't criticize him too much for being what he has been. Um, other than that, like his WRC plus of, of 115 was his highest since his first full season in the big leagues when he had a 138. That was a crazy year for him, though. He played a, he played 103 games. This year he played 124. Uh, 25 home runs, career high in... I mean, about the same amount of bats he's had in, in past years. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do if he can stay healthy and not start off hitting 094. The fact that he got his average up to 245 in the season makes Russell Martin look even worse for not having an average above 200. Uh, so, I mean, I'm giving Gritch, yeah, B-plus offense. Uh, probably a, a B-plus on defense as well. And I'll give him a B-plus overall. A-plus across the board. Um, anyone that starts out the season batting under 100 for like the first month yeah. and can rebound to hit 245, that takes some mental strength right there. Huge props for that, hey? baseball is, I mean, it's all mental. Oh, God, And yeah. like you get in your own head every single time when you're in that slump. You're just like, man, I can't hit a thing. And you go up to the plate and you're like, I'm not hitting this. And that's what was probably going on in his head the first month of the season. He had no confidence mm-hmm. to battle back mm-hmm. and have the end of the year that he did. Oh, man, such a treat for Jays fans to watch. A-plus, cross the board, love Gritch Daddy, grading with my heart. Uh, Curtis Granderson, love the granny man, but um, was he what you expected, Patrick, in a rental player or no? Yeah, actually, I have a lot of really nice things to say about Curtis Granderson. Number one, as a team guy, um, the likes of which we very rarely see a veteran come into this team and... I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that his positive influence is going to be felt within the organization for a while. Um, just great personality. Uh, as far as his plate vision goes, there are very few players in baseball who have the type of vision that Granderson has. He has had it through most of his career, uh, but even now that he's you know, winding up his career, uh, his walk rate was almost 14%. That's ridiculously high. Uh, and he kept the K rate down to just a shade under 20%. That's really, really good. Uh, he hit 245. He had 11 home runs, uh, 35 RBI. 
Yeah, 48 runs scored in 104 games. He isn't as fast as he used to be. Um, defensively, he was a liability. Um, the first game of the year, he, I never forgot that error that he I made. It was ridiculous. Drive, yeah, yeah I, and that was just to me like indicative of what he was like defensively for the year. But that being said, um, Granderson has so many intangibles that aren't sort of in offense or defense that it's I find him a little more difficult to grade. I would say offensively, uh, as far as the expectations go, he was B+. He definitely did everything that was asked of him, and then a little bit more. Uh, defensively, I can't go any higher than a C, and we'll just say B- minus for an overall grade, or maybe like C+. I will say B-. minus. That's fair. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, Curtis Granderson might be the nicest guy in baseball. Uh, based on what reporters and, and teammates have said about him over the years, like you, you can't find a better person um, for your, to have on your team than Granderson. I mean, everywhere he's gone, he's played for so many teams now. And he's just been he's been well respected everywhere he's gone, no matter how short or long of a time he's spent there. Yeah, offensively, he did what we can expect any thirty-seven-year-old rental outfielder to do. Eleven home runs in his time with us was was awesome to see. And I mean, yeah, he he still added some positive contributions with the zero point five wins above replacement, which for a thirty-seven year old backup outfielder is pretty good. Obviously, he got a chance to play in the NLCS with the Brewers, so that's that's great for a guy as well. It's too bad he didn't get a shot uh, to take down the Red Sox, but in the end, I mean, I'm gonna just give him B's across the board. Um, yeah, that's that's really all I have to say about Granderson. Me too. B's across the board. Nice to have you on our team for 104 games, Curtis Granderson, but can't say I'll remember you too much as a Blue Jay, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. It was nice having him on the team. Our young guys probably loved him, but rental player kind of thing, just a yeah. plug-and-play kind of player. Uh, to Oscar Hernandez, probably the opposite of that. Um, 134 games played. He hit 239, but his on-base was 302. Uh, 22 home runs, 57 RBIs. His defense was pretty solid. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> pretty bad. That's a good joke. I know. No, it's, uh, it's just like, well, uh, yeah. Just throw it out there. Um, what do you guys think? Teoscar, we'll start with Justin here. Uh, see, I, if, if Teoscar Hernandez was half the defender that he is, a home run hitter, uh, he would be a, a great major league player. He just strikes out way too goddamn much. Sorry for the language, mother. <laughs> but uh, 31% of his time at the plate is striking out compared to only about 8% walking. He strikes out at a 4-1 to one clip, which that's not great. I mean, if he can hit 35 home runs with that strikeout rate, I think we'd accept it. But 22 homers and, I mean, 22 doubles. He had, he had seven triples, though, which I think led our team. So, I mean, he's got some pop. He's got a decent amount of speed if he can, if he can lay a couple of triples like that. But we need to see the defense improve if if uh, Teoscar Hernandez is going to get anywhere near close to that 134 games. He might get there just because we have nobody else to play those 134 games. Mm-hmm. But on, on an average major league team who is competing for a division race or a wild card spot in 2019, I don't think Teoscar Hernandez would play in 134 games. His bat is what's keeping him in the lineup and the potential is there. There's been rumors of him potentially moving to first base or DH once we get rid of Kendris after this coming year. And that's probably what happens. He's, he probably becomes a DH. With that kind of power, you just don't even want to focus on his defense. Just let him focus on hitting mm-hmm. three, four times a game. 
Um, you keep him fresh. He doesn't, doesn't have to field. Hopefully, he doesn't get fat. <laughs> but I'm gonna give I'm gonna give To a, a B for the home runs he hit, um, and definitely like a, a D for defense. So he'll, he'll grade over a C overall. Patrick, you giving him higher than a C or no? Um, I don't know. Let's walk through everything first. Um, I'm generally pleased with his offensive production. I think the fact that his OVP is 302, given his disgusting K rate, uh, is kind of a testament to the fact that he does have plate ability. It's so frustrating, though. Like, he would strike out three and four times a game at the end of the year, and it was just ridiculous. Um... I was really high on Teoscar Hernandez at the start of the year. By the end of it, I just wanted, I, I just didn't want to see him in the lineup anymore. It's just so frustrating. He's the worst defender on the team by far. I would rather have Kendris Morales um, play what, you know, literally any position. I'd rather him, uh, I'd rather see Kendris Morales play shortstop than see Teoscar Hernandez in the outfield again. It's so unbelievably frustrating, and I'm trying really hard not to curse right now. Really, really hard. He needs to work big time on his plate vision over the summer, and he should be moved to DH immediately because he is a super-de-duper negative fielder. Um, He gets an F for fielding from me for defense. F, 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 F. Um, and then his offense, I'll say B plus. So I think that averages out to either a C minus or a D plus. Um, C minus across the board. You know what? D, D for defense, C minus offense. I think Teoscar Hernandez is quite overrated. Uh, I know he went on streaks this year where it was like, man, this guy's going to be the next stud in Major League Baseball. No. Um, every player goes through hot streaks, and it just doesn't seem like this guy has it. You know, like sometimes when you see a young player who's going through a hot streak, you're like, man, this guy, he's got it. You know, I didn't see that from Teoscar this year. It was just kind of like, okay, you know, you're hitting the ball well and it's awesome to watch, you know, yada, yada. But I don't know about Teoscar. I think uh, I think we're giving him a little bit too much hype when it comes to his bat. We're not giving him um, enough negativity when it comes to his defense. If there was a grade lower than F, he'd probably get it. Like it's, it's pretty bad. It's pretty <laughs> impressive. Um, but yeah, Teoscar... C minus for an overall grade. It's just uh, I don't know. I, I just don't think he's going to be a big part of our team in the future. But I, for a team that was struggling, yeah, with uh, with the potential that he has, it was great that we gave him a plate appearances. But at the same time, does he play for the Red Sox? No, that's the one thing. <laughs> but uh, moving on, Jonathan Davis, Anthony Alford. Do you guys want to give them grades? I mean, no. Jonathan Davis played twenty games. Anthony Alford had thirteen. Do you want to get like? Do we have anything to say about those guys? Are we giving them any grades? <laughs> I just want to talk about Davis. I mean, we talked about him a bit in the 40-man talk, but give him some more props again for starting out in double-A and making it to the show. We had a couple of guys who did that last year in, in uh, Baraki and Reed Foley. Uh, also John Birdie, I guess. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> Technically. Um, being a 15th-round pick and kind of grinding it out in the minors for the first five or so years of his career, able he was able to steal 26 bases in the minors and add 10 homers, so good for him on that. I mean, Alfred, I still see him... He's still our number five prospect on MLB Pipeline. He's been as high as number two, I believe, in his time with us, and that's just because we didn't have Ladder Bow then. <laughs> so he's he's an athlete. I mean, the guy, he's a great defensive player right now, and he has shown seasons where he can hit offensively. Like in 2017, he hit 310 in double A, 
and he did hit 240 this past year in Buffalo, but there was a time of the year when his average was below uh, 200 for a while, and he hit, I think it was 282 in the last month and a half of the season to bring it all the way back up. He was great in the second half. I mean, he's in the last 49 games of the AAA season, he slashed uh, 264 to 330 on base and 362 slugging. He's not going to hit a ton of home runs. The scouts still think his power is going to develop, but I see him as more of a a Kevin Pillar-esque bat with actual ability to take a walk and a, better, a bit of a better defender in his prime than Kevin Pillar was. Anthony Alford has all the tools to be a great outfielder. He played football until he was like 16 before he ever picked up a baseball bat. So, I mean, he's, he's only been playing baseball for less than 10 years of his life, and he's a top five prospect on a major league team. So, I mean, he's still my pick to challenge for a starting outfield spot should we somehow be able to dump Kendris Morales um, and move Tio to DH, or if Kevin Pillar is non-tendered or traded, if something happens in the outfield, Anthony Alford might get a shot in 2019. Patrick, Alford, and Davis, you have anything to add about them, or no? Giving them grades? Uh, no, I'm going to say incomplete for both, although I am starting to worry about whether or not Alford can figure it out uh, at the plate. I don't have a lot of faith and I am kind of sad about that. I don't know why he's our number five prospect. Yeah, I don't know I don't either. He's an like, athlete. Yeah, he is an athlete. And again, that's he, why he has been playing baseball since he was like seven. It's going to take a while for his bat to come around. Um, love his defense, but at the same time, yeah, uh, he's, he's, he's a project. That's yeah, for he's, sure. He's shown so many signs yeah. of what he, of what he could be. And unfortunately he hasn't fully, come around to that but i mean in terms of like this the scouting grades are out of 80 he has a he's good at a 70 mm-hmm. speed 60 raw power which he hasn't really shown that in the minors his his best season in the minor leagues is hitting five home runs that's this year and last year oh sorry he hit nine in 2016 in, in high dunedin but i mean he hasn't hit home run power yet his extra base power is there in terms of the doubles so, I mean, for a 24-year-old who was drafted in 2012, he was the third pick – oh, sorry, the 17th pick in the in round three. So he's, he's 112th overall. Um, we can't take a flyer on him then because he's just – he was a great athlete. and I, it's, it's understandable that he hasn't uh, come around yet. I think if he doesn't do something this season that shows that, hey, I, I might be ready for 2020, it might be time to package him in a deal for something. But at the same time, we haven't seen enough or or too little of him to just warrant throwing him away. He's one of those prospects that we don't really have anything in terms of costs sunk into him because he's just a minor league. He's a draft pick. So we didn't have to pay him that much. So, I mean, he's he's already kind of given us what we want in terms of development. So, I mean, if, if, he, if he develops into something great if not we have other prospects that are yeah. coming up too. he's our bruno caboclo basically yeah, yeah five yeah. years away from being five years away exactly yeah. um <laughs> dalton pompey we're not even gonna get into him because yeah you know i don't think he has a future dalton pompey do you want to talk about him at all patrick I... no i think the ship has sailed on him and Easy i'm actually surprised he hasn't been traded sooner like i don't understand if he still has value we should be Excuse me, uh, shipping him out of town because he clearly there's no. Excuse me, <clears throat> sorry, uh, we there's no space for him. 
he's not good enough to be an everyday starter. He's not good enough to be like a replacement player. So like, why are we keeping him? Couldn't say it better myself because that's my thoughts exactly. Why is he still on our team? It sucks for him because his, his his brother is better than him. He's a Miami Marlins pick. Nah, way she goes. This season. And his younger brother, yeah, he's as had a Dave, decent year in the minors. As David Price would say, if you don't like it, be better. There you go. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's all. Episode 23 yeah. in the books. Uh, again, if you have any questions or topic suggestions, anything, send them to us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, BFMD Podcast. We're everywhere except for Nexopia, apparently. Um, again, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. Those are the big ones. Tune in, I guess. Google Play Music, too. They're all big. Um, yeah, on behalf of Justin, on behalf of Patrick, it's Clayton. Um, we'll see you next week, I guess. Right? Yeah, pitchers next week. Oh, boy. That's going to get gross. Oh, we'll do the gross. starters one week, and we'll do the bullpen the next. And we're going to save the best for last. We're going to do bullpen first week of December. So... Merry effing Christmas, Danny Barnes. I'm about to give you a nice big lump of coal. Here we go. I can't wait for that.